Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hi, Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert. And on this episode of Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments, we did a series of video chats on Thought Leader Life with Natalie Forrest. And it was really spectacular stuff. We ended up creating a book on achieving your potential. This particular episode is with Molly Pompadith. I think I got that name right. Molly Pompadith. Uh, You could correct me on that later if I got that wrong. And it's focused on aligning vision and mission to achieve your potential. It is really absolutely well done. Uh, We'd love to have you listen to it. Please, if you like what you hear, share it with your friends, subscribe to our channel, and look forward to seeing you on other episodes. Thanks. Bye now. Hi, this is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy at AHA That, and welcome to episode 141 of Thought Leader Life. We had a lot of Wait, a little more than a little bit of preliminary conversation before today's episode. And I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am about it and how cool this topic and this conversation is going to be. So we're talking with and my co-host, Natalie Forrest, is continuing to blow me away with amazing guests. Natalie, thank you so much. Well, I can't help it, though, you know, the five people that you surround yourself with. You know, we all should be thinking about that. That's a beautiful statement. God, how cool would that be? Everyone just yeah. grabs their, their fun five people and we create books together and episodes and we talk about life. Man, that'd be fun. And increase each other's potential. <laughs> well said. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> and, and today, uh, for those that have not met yet, and you will, Molly Ponpadit, almost. Yes, that's right. How'd I do? Yes, Molly Ponpadit, pretty darn close. Pretty close. Okay, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you are the CEO of the SOAR Community Network. You work with thought leaders and companies bringing out their best. And I'm so excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And thank you, Natalie. Thank you for making this happen. I really appreciate it. So... So we're talking about achieving your potential. Did I get that right? <laughs> Guys, just, you know, for some odd reason, my brain keeps flipping between potential and purpose, and I know they're significantly different. So we're talking about achieving your potential. Molly, what does that mean to you? I think really it means finding out what that actually means for you in the first place, right? Like what is, what is your true potential? And that really comes down to understanding who you are at the core, understanding your own vision for your life, um, the people around you, what you're there to do for them and how you're able to contribute to their lives and uplift them. So potential is a, I think a hodgepodge of many things, but it comes down to the person that is responsible for what, Uh, that actually looks like for their lives, right? Just like when people say success, what does success mean to you? You can have, you can run the gamut of what that looks like. Same thing with potential. Oh, by the way, you probably know this guy. Uh, We're just in the midst of wrapping up a book with Scott Schilling 
he would much rather have you use the word significance versus success. <laughs> so, so we're talking about significance. Um, and we'll have one of those coming out. We'll have a book coming out with him sometime shortly. That's great. Well, but, but I think, uh, Mali, you make a very good point. And we've talked about that in, in our initial discussion, as well as with Scott a little bit. It really comes down to who are you? So I think part of the reason why Mitchell goes back to purpose is because in order to work on our potential, we need to figure out what's my purpose. You know, who am I? What's my purpose? What's my mission? And I know that you, Molly, also... You've had your own challenges and interesting journey, but you also work with entrepreneurs sometimes in helping guide them to find or better realize their potential. Yeah. Can you share yeah. a little bit about how you do that with uh, smaller entrepreneurs, for example? Absolutely. So, you know, when we first launched the business, it was primarily smaller businesses. So a lot of the small entrepreneurs in the startup, very early stage. And the way that we do that is we walk them through our proprietary process called the SOAR mapping process. And mm -hmm. SOAR stands for See, Own, Articulate, Release. So there are four pillars, four modules of the SOAR mapping process. So you first have to see truly where you are, where you come from, in terms of even cultural beliefs you know, um, childhood beliefs, things that were bald concepts that by default became yours because that's how we learn, right? Through what we can gather from other people. And then helping them own what's truly theirs versus what's been borrowed or what's been put at them and they just default and say, well, I didn't know any better. I guess that's what I believe. So really helping them own what's truly theirs, which is not easy as you might think. And then help them to articulate a new way of seeing their life, the new story, the real story from who they are at the core and not from what society or parenting or whomever around them has told them their story ought to be. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's the, that's the part of the CEO and articulate that is critical in our mapping process. And then the release piece is about getting to a place where you know for sure who you are, you have a true vision and mission for your life, you're on purpose, you know your potential because you now actually claim your gifts, talents, values, and everything you stand for. And you can confidently, authentically speak truth to it in the world. And that's the release piece of our store mapping process. Yeah. Which, of course, always reminds me. That's why I love always talking with you because that's what I call the patterns, which is, of course, another P word. You know, releasing the patterns, identifying them figuring out what are the layers of the onions that somebody else has put on you. And in that process, which, you know, sometimes can be harder, sometimes can be easier. I know that Scott mentioned it last time, and I'm pretty sure you've had it too. I've had it in my own experience. Have you ever come across somebody who was so sure that they knew their mission was, for example, to be a speaker? And you see them and you start working with them and it's just not real. Have you ever had to read <laughs> somebody? Sorry, I know where you're coming from. <laughs> I, yeah. Yes, I, I would say that the majority of the time it is about redirecting them. Okay. Because if someone would even come to us at the store community network and ask for a map right? Whether it's a corporate map to map the entity, the organization, or the, the visionary themselves. When you get to a place when someone would say, hey, we need this, we don't have clarity, 
that's really an opening for us to help redirect them, right? Because they know something, and sometimes it's very internal. Intuitively, they know something is off. The compass is not working. The compass that they once had hasn't been, hasn't been recalibrated in years. And so when we go through this process, I would say 75 to 80% of the time, it's a redirection. It's a course correct, really. Uh, and about the rest of the time, it's truly about validating or helping them remember. Mm. Remember why they're here, what their North Star is. It hasn't changed, but there were so many things that it came and covered and redirected them. And, you know, when you walk on a path on a road and, you know, you just get bulldozed, you get off and you're like, I can't ever go back there. So it's really about those things. But I would say the majority of the time when people invest the time, the money and the heart to do mapping work. It is often painful to see the reality of where you are. You think you know what you know, but we don't know what we don't know. And it's, um, it's a powerful opportunity for people to be truthful to themselves. You're not mm -hmm. doing any favor when you're not truthful to yourself because you can't rise up to your potential if you don't even believe there is any purpose for your existence. It's so hard to talk without letting that sink in because it was absolutely beautiful. So thank you. Um, I wanted to, you, you got me, I, you, you lost me when you said we, not in a negative way, you lost me in terms of my inner thoughts. So I'm going to try to stay focused for the rest of this. Um, in my inner thoughts, when you said remind people who they are, and I started thinking about my personal path. So I'm going to put that aside and come back to it. But when I think about where I am now, it's, a, it's amazing because I stumbled back to where I really wanted to be at an earlier age of my life. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. It wouldn't have been nicer if somebody helped me get there sooner, but that's pretty cool. So tell me more about that and stories and helping what does that mean when you say remind people? Sometimes it's helping them discover. Sometimes it's helping remind them. Um, explain that a little bit more. I'll keep it in the context of this conversation, which is business leaders, entrepreneurs, right? Because they have big work to do. I mean, when you're leading an organization, it's not just about you anymore. So that's all the more reason to know your corporate direction, to know your personal vision and mission, because it's not about you and your potential. It's the potential of all. It's a collective now, right? You have decided that you are going to take on the responsibility to create powerful work for the world where other people People are inspired to come on board you do have an opportunity I wouldn't even say obligation because that's sometimes strong because it's all choices right you have this opportunity to take people to a place where it's right for them so if you are a progressive um, heart-centered leader you know that when you map your corporate direction or your personal direction your purpose your potential um, wouldn't it be nice to be able to offer that to every person that's involved in your organization? Wouldn't everyone want to be seen and heard and have clarity of where they want to go? And so remembering so, who you are is- Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. So some, for those okay. that are on the radio, I'm showing up my book that hasn't gone public yet. It's being seen and being heard as a thought leader. So yes, we all want to be seen. I actually was thinking about, sorry, I interrupted. I'll, I oh, no. I'll do that again. 
I wanted to change the word thought leader and actually saying as a human, but I thought nobody was going to actually Google being seen and being heard as a human. So I, I put in thought leader, but I really mean human when I say that. <laughs> it's very true. I think the point of, about remembering is that, you know, we, I think from a very soulful, spiritual place that you can get there because we all came here as a soul. We all came here like having energy made of stardust and we came from you know god if you believe in god if you believe in a higher power but even scientifically for those that are more scientifically inclined with these things it took a lot to make us it took a lot to create us in this form at this time in this place with the circumstances the gifts and talents and we also have obviously contributions to that right with our free will and our thought but God, what a miracle it is to be alive and what a miracle it is to be in a space where if you are a thought leader and you have been given the opportunity to be a thought leader and where people actually follow you and pay attention, isn't that an honor? Isn't that an honor worth actually um, celebrating and, and remembering that what it felt like when someone first believed in you? and believed in your thoughts and your words. Every human being wants that. Your employees want that. Your wife and your children want that. Your brothers, your sisters want that. Your neighbors that you've never met want that. You know, We want the same thing. We want to be seen, heard, and valued. We want to know that we count. And that's what I mean by remember. You know, It's not so much about, sometimes we look for love and affirmations outside. Maybe we want to travel to a different country, discover what we really want out of life, when really it's about the delaying. It's about getting back to why we came in the first place. And you can make that possible anywhere, right? You can make that possible in your own garden. You know, you don't have to climb to Tibet, although I think if you have the opportunity, go do it. And that's what I mean by remember. We map, and I say map, it's a, it's a process of uncovering and delayering to really get to a place that you knew all along while you're here. And now we have to create a path that has more clarity, that is in flow, that is attractive and pulling the right people into your life instead of forcing it. So obviously... I agree with what you said. When I work or when I run into some people, a lot, sometimes people will say, I don't think I have the potential to do what I would like to do. Whether that is, I'd really like to write a book, but there are so many other things I need to take care of. So on the one hand, they feel within that there's really something else they'd like to do. And then all of the social conditioning, all of the stuff that you mentioned as well, right? That's been put on them. All of the um, duties in everyday life come into play and they have stopped believing in their ability or as I would say in their potential to achieve that. What is your advice to those people? You know, I think really, and, I, and I've been through that myself, so I can speak from a place of, of 
experience when I say there have been moments in my life because of traumas, um, you know, loss of loved ones, loss of a fiance at one point. I had six or seven losses within a nine year period that were very close to me. And the world becomes very cloudy when you go through tough situations that, you know, your heart although very power has such capacity, but when you're in it, you don't believe that. You're just trying to make it through the day. And I think when you're going through a healing process, whatever it is, it doesn't have to be that traumatic even. It could just be a painful situation or a hurt ego or, or anything that really jolts you, right? And when that happens, we don't understand our potential because we have so much fear and self-doubt and things that we cannot control. We forget that we're in complete control. And that's really what it comes down to. When we, when we start to believe that we cannot control what is ours to do, we then believe that there's no potential. That it's almost like being in a dark tunnel and you forget that one day there will be light again, that the tunnel will end, right? When you're in it, you're like, this is never gonna end. I just wanna give up. It's been 10 years and I'm still suffering. And then you quit and then it was right around the corner in the 11th year where everything was gonna start opening up for you. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the advice I would give is you have to go deeper than you've ever believed in those dark hours and you have to have faith. And it's very easy when you're in a very dark place. There's two options you have. You have to let go of faith, and that's actually easier than holding on to faith for dear life. And so I had to hold on to faith for dear life. I had to do mantras every day. I learned how to do EFT tapping. I had to calm my anxiety. I had to learn how to meditate. Um, I learned how to garden because I knew that I needed to get energy from the earth and not take medication. Although I don't, I, I do believe in medication. I do believe also that we have to trust that the universe provides everything we need. And so that is what I would say is do your very best, whatever you can add to your toolkit to hold on to faith and belief that everything is as it should be or it would be something else. And that's been my mantra to get me through some of the toughest times in my life so I can remember my own potential, my own worth, and that my existence, I'm still here for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, gives me chills. It's one of those things that I can speak from my heart because not only have I lived it, but we've mapped so many business leaders. And I'm going to stop using business leaders because I'm going to say human beings, right? Mm -hmm. The titles don't matter. Pain is pain, love is love, right? It's a universal desire for all of us to know that we matter. That's really what it comes down to, you know? Our vision and mission statements we put on the plaques on the boards when we own businesses, it's because we want to matter and we want other things we do and the people we serve and our employees to matter. Sometimes we forget when profits are on the line or investors involved and all these other pressures. But if you stripped all that away and get back to the core of the human being, they still want the same things that they came here wanting. And they're going to leave to the next level or elevation of self or consciousness when they're not here physically anymore, desiring the same thing, you know, to matter, 
to go back to being a part of matter. That's, that's why I say, you know, we're made of matter because we want to matter. <laughs> that's a good catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I love how you just went from business to human beings because one of the, the things that I always try to balance or point out is, and we talked about that before we went live, that every entrepreneur, every CEO is also a human being. And so I think what we're talking about, even though we're talking about thought leaders, does not only have to apply to the business world, the corporate world, it also applies to families. Because in our families, as you said, we also want to matter. And then it's just a matter, oh, okay, of how we define it. You know, what does success mean in the family? How do you matter in the family? And then if you matter and if, you're, if you know who you are authentically, if I understood you correctly as well, in your own heart at home, then you take that to the next level so you can empower your children or your family members. And then on the next level, you'll empower your employees so that they can reach your potential. And it all starts, as I know we all agree, always within ourselves. So I think that's very powerful that you also went just to human being there. Mitchell and, and Natalie, you know, because we do a lot of community work as well, and I know you both do, some of the most powerful thought leaders I know mm -hmm. don't sit in boardrooms. Mm -hmm. They're the ones who go to work every day and have a family to feed, but they launch their initiatives on a grassroots level. They're doing their civic duty. They've launched some great community events because they want to be able to serve with their heart and change the community around them. They're leaders. They are thought leaders, but they don't have to be a CEO or a C-suite. They're making change happen every day. And we don't give those civic leaders or everyday civic leaders who don't even have a civic title or aren't running for office, if you will. They actually are the ones who matter so much more from a daily day-to-day. -day. Those are the people like the church members who sponsored my family from a refugee camp, who took us to our doctor's appointments and taught us how to drive because our parents had to work three or four jobs. Those are the people who matter just as much, if not more, especially when we're developing a community that becomes this global tribe where we can create harmony and less war because of the everyday deeds that these amazing, amazing community leaders are doing that I don't think we give enough credit for and to. I think the what happens in, in, in terms of tying it into reaching your potential, so what people don't recognize, they hear this term thought leader, right? And they think this, and, 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 and I cover this in the TED Talk, it, the thought leader of the past was, was, was crowned by the recording companies or the the studios who actually put or the publishers who actually put the people out there but now we all have this microphone and even if we're not talking on the microphone we all have the ability to act and the thought leaders are also recognized experts and those recognized experts have a skill and that skill if it's worthwhile enough to share does get shared and and i think if I'm tying it into reaching your personal potential, and then also, let me just make one comment, reaching your personal potential as well as reaching your company potential, mm -hmm. your personal potential is what you covered at the beginning of the conversation, figuring out who you are, reminding yourself who you are, making that happen. The corporate potential happens when those that are in charge 
recognize the importance of everyone in the organization as humans and the ability that there's some skills down there that you don't have at the top level that need to come out and be used. Yes. I would absolutely agree. Um, and Natalie, you do this work as well. Some of the work we do and we want to do even more of is really the talent management piece, right? Yes. Where everybody is truly seen for their gifts and their talents and creating opportunities and activities on a consistent basis where people can raise their hand and say, you know what? These are some things that you never knew I could do. Like I could play the guitar. I can speak six languages. Why aren't you utilizing me? Well, because no one ever asked them what else they could bring to the table besides what's on their resume and what has been what they've been done and what they did in their past. You know, it's it's the whole person wants to come to work. That's why you have so many disengaged employees. That's why you have people who are have anxiety and depression because they can't be the whole person. They have to live in this like silo here. I have to be a certain way here and I have to go home and be this person. And that's what's hurting our corporate environment. That's what's hurting our personal social environment. And they're so exhausted because they have to be all these different people, including what they have to be on social media because of social norms. <laughs> We're creating so much anxiety and fragmentation within our own being. And that's why it's so exhausting. That's why we're seeing what we're seeing today. Mm, absolutely crazy. So I have one, no, one phrase to share with you. And Natalie, I think you've seen this one before. It's the Bob Newhart skit, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not you at work and at home and wherever you need to be, let me just say, stop it. <laughs> be you. Because, you know, you get one chance to, uh, we'll use the matter word to matter. You have one chance to, to recognize your purpose and live your potential. And if you're pretending to be somebody else, it's not going to happen. Well, that's partially because then you're only surviving, right? You're only surviving. And as Molly said, you're going day by day. So I think, you know, what Molly was saying before, all of the aspects that you brought up are so crucial. Because it starts, as, as Mitchell was just saying, it starts with us as an individual, being authentic, you know, seeing who we are, what we are, as you put it, um, owning that, beginning to own up to, yes, this is me, this is who I am, good, bad, and in between, you know, all the sides to it, the yin and the yang, I think that's what you were sort of referring to, and then going in and analyzing it, and then releasing whatever stuff has been put on us. So I think, you know, the idea of the soaring is, is really crucial. Also, what you mentioned, the redirecting, because sometimes we are pushed forward. You know, we see it with children all the time. You know, oh, you should become a lawyer. Well, I'm sorry, I don't want to be a lawyer, right? <laughs> so the redirecting, as you mentioned, you said, I think 75 to 80% of, of people that you deal with need a little bit of a redirection. And also, I heard you say, correct me if I'm wrong, that a lot of the need for the redirection also comes from potential being put onto them. Like you should be doing that, or mm -hmm. the bar is up here, success means ABC, versus them being able to identify themselves. Um, and, and I think what, what really struck me, other than you know reminding people, it's so funny when you said that because one of my very, very old commercials or promos was actually, I'm here to remind you. So when you said that, it was like, oh my God, I think I still have that video somewhere. 
you know but i also think when when you said we all go through traumas and and the need to um, either hold on to faith whatever that means for us that can help us remember our potential that that really stuck with me because a lot of people let go at that point and we've heard so often that phrase about you know you're only three feet from gold and sometimes it seems so much longer so you know there there's so many important points that you mentioned i i don't even know how to put it all together i mean i think you you nailed so many important things here that i'm trying to figure out what, what to focus on oh i have a question if you if you're if you're thinking that through, I have a question for Molly and then maybe yeah. it'll, it'll, you'll have that aha moment while she's Well, oh, I've got like 20 or 30 already. Oh, sorry. Well, go ahead. You don't, I don't need no, to. No, 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 no. You go, you go. I think, yes, please go ahead. So given what you do and who you are, Molly, and how you experience others, is there in helping other people achieve their potential, was there, is there something that universally surprises you when you are working with people to do that, positive or negative? Is there, is there just something that you go, God, I can't believe I'm seeing that again, or oh my God, I'm seeing that again? Uh, you know, I think it, it, it's kind of obvious if you're working, if you're in the field of, of working with people at this level, right? Seeing them as human beings and help them figure out what their passion, their purpose, and their potential is. And it always comes down to um, two motivating factors. So we hear the motivating factors in life is, is fear and love, right? You know, you make decisions based on fear and love. When we talk about potential, we talk about purpose. And when we're mapping to people's vision and mission and purpose and legacy, really, we're mapping their legacy. That's ultimately what we're doing. And that's the truth of it. You know, we use vision and mission because in the corporate world, people get that. But really, it's about mapping your legacy, your legacy as an organization, your legacy as a person. And it always comes down to two motivating factors for that as well. So whatever you end up claiming as your thing to do, and that can change and be tweaked, right, over time. But in the moment of clarity, mapping to this purpose, there are two motivating factors. One is typically in the process we uncovered, there was something so deeply ingrained within you that you had an abundance of. So you had an overflow of something that you can't imagine a world not having. And so that's what you want to give more of, okay? Or you had such an overwhelming lack of something, whether it was love or money or just attention or light or whatever, fill in the blank, right? Whatever we uncover is your lack. You can't imagine a world feeling that lack because it was so painful for you. And so your purpose now is to fill that space where no one lacks that anymore, your ultimate mission for life. Those are the two motivating factors when we map to purpose and legacy. What is in such overflow that my whole being, my sole purpose, everything made me, you know, the person that I am. I have so much to give and I can't imagine the world not having that. Or there was so, there's so much pain inside of me because of this lack. I don't want any other human being to experience this and that's what I'm going to go and give to the world. Those are the two motivating factors. And that's what I found over and over again, impacting hundreds of leaders that we've met. Uh, aha. <laughs> that was for you. I need an aha button. I got one of these. I, you know, I got the easy button. Uh -huh. 
and and you actually hit the nail on the head. I got the ka-ching button, but I need an aha button. So yeah, yeah that was beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So case study after case study, we find that. So I can speak. I can speak with real conviction when I talk about those two motivating factors, and we've tested it over and over again, and it just—it's amazing. And when I say it, it seems obvious, right? But in the moment of going through this, that's what I'm looking for when we now, like, what is theirs to do that no one else has created to do based on their gifts, their talents, what came with them, what was gifted to them in this life when they came here and their work experience, everything, everything that was collected in, in this being um, is so unique that there's no other soul that can do what you're here to do. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was crazy. So, so Natalie, we're, we're getting close to the end of our 30 minutes. Yes. Which, by the way, Molly, it, it went like that because I could sit here. I'm mesmerized. I mean, if you haven't seen this before, I don't think I've seen Natalie or certainly me mesmerized by somebody so much. So I will pay you homage by the beauty of your soul. Thank you. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Oh. Um, so anyhow, we're, we're getting close to the end. So what I'd love to do, Natalie, is as quick as this show was, what did it do for you? What is, what's the summary? What, what are you taking away? What's interesting? What do you want to add? I think a lot of what Malie said, and of course, which is why I wanted her to participate in this, is it's so much in alignment with what the three of us are seeing and experiencing right now. So one of the biggest aha moments, I think for me was when Mali said, it's now a collective. You were talking about the CEOs, them realizing their potential and that allowing everybody else to reach theirs as well. And the way in which you describe the potential as a collective, movement i know that's my word but a collective movement that really is going to stick with me because i talk a lot about movements i talk a lot about potential and all the patterns in that but thinking about that wave of now we're in a collective the three of us everybody else who's been on thought leadership who's going to be on it everybody who's listening we're creating this collective understanding of how important purpose potential and then the next step which to me is performance or profit or whatever you want to call it is that really that is like my biggest aha the terminology that you use there and you know the heart and soul that you bring to it because i know of course a little bit about your background too so that was really i think that was the biggest aha for me oh beautiful and if people, Natalie, if people need to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Well, I know you're going to tag me on Facebook. <laughs> so, a couple times. <laughs> couple I know. Places. So social media is great. And if you're not on social media, because that's also another norm, natalieforrest.com. Really simple, really easy. And as, as both of you know, as everybody knows who knows me, I try to respond as soon as I can. I love it. So... Thank you, Natalie. And Molly, what's the, 
if there was a question we should have asked you that we didn't, or if there's a way you'd like to uh, summarize this conversation, what would you, uh, what would you say? Or what would you ask? Um, I would ask, you know, how do I see the world coming together to form that collective that we talked about? And my answer would be that, you know, I was born in Laos. Um, and during the whole Vietnam civil unrest, we had to flee the country. But one thing that I took away from being born there and, and culturally um, being raised by my grandmother, who was still with us at the time, is being a part of the Eastern philosophy <clears throat> and living as an American, living in the Western world. I think one thing that will bring us together is getting back to being a true tribe. We talk about that a lot the word tribe but what i mean by that is living the way that we used to live when the electricity wasn't around and i, I mean this spiritually i don't mean that we turn the lights off i mean that when we were in laos for instance you know my grandmother was the midwife and and everybody had their gifts and talents and when this family needed this that especially would come in and it was just this beautiful barter um philosophy and of course today it's business and exchange but we've left the the community part out we've left the valuing that person's gift that person serves valuing the person's products and services as their gifts and then also reminding the people who are building the products and services that the products and services that they are building ought to be the gifts that came from them to give in the first place. That's when the, the flow of exchange really happens in a true authentic place. So I would say getting back to being a tribe where everybody is together, we are for each other, we're on the same team, we're there to protect, to support, to uplift everyone in the community. I think that is going to be the thing that gets us through some of these tumultuous times that we're in and are going to be coming. Mm. Beautiful. And if people wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? The best way is through social media at Mali, M-A-L-I, Honpadit, P-H-O-N-P-A-D-I-T-H. And our website is the SOAR, S-O-A-R, communitynetwork.com. Absolutely beautiful. So I think if I'm going to summarize what I'd like you to think about having heard Scott, having heard Natalie, having just truly experienced Molly, what, what you could see is that there are humans on this planet that are helping you bring out your potential, that are who talk from their heart, who are, whose primary focus is to help you be successful and bring a better world together. So you need to ask yourself this one question. Are you truly reaching your potential? And I really want you to ask yourself that question. Are you truly reaching your potential? And if the answer is no, then you have to ask yourself, how do I fix it? Because all of us have the opportunity to reach our true potential. We're not saying what that is. And your job in this life is to figure that out, whether you're going to one of the ladies here or Scott or whoever else, you really do need to make it happen. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your family. You owe it to the community. You owe it to the world. 
Yeah, this is Mitchell Levy. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you could just Google Mitchell Levy and uh, connect to me on social, and I'll communicate to you in whatever platform you play with me on, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, Snapchat, Google+, uh, whatever's there. I'll try my best to respond super quickly. And uh, thanks for joining us for this episode of Thought Leader Life. I loved it. See you on the next episode. Uh, Take care, everybody. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Thought Leader Life, where I'm joined by one of our thought leadership co-hosts to create compelling thought leadership that will propel their status in their industry. To learn more about Thought Leader Life, go to thoughtleaderlife.com. And to learn more about creating and sharing your AHA moments, Go to ahathat.com slash author, where you can also find a link to book a strategy call. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.